grief has been one of the more difficult emotions for me to fully embrace in this human experience that I'm living. Uh, but as I know with my personal practice, the things that I'm most resistant to are the things that I need to fully step towards. And grief has been one of those things that will constantly come into our lives and will give us that challenge of how deep our toolbox is and how well we are with dealing with things like grief. Today's guest, Kylie Geese, um, is going to share a story of her own personal grief and how she's used um, this experience to um, to give her the strength to move forward and to find the reasons why she has this experience and how she can utilize it to help humanity. Uh, so Ms. Kylie Geis will be talking with today. Um, she's a beautiful human being. She's got a great story and very inspiring with what she has moved towards with the processing of grief and how she's used it to help um, continue to nourish her family and herself. So uh, very, uh, you know, mixed, ma- mixed mag of emotions today with the, the conversation. There's a, there's definitely sad points, but I think all of it is, uh, beneficial and all of it is, ends on a happy note and, uh, is something that we all need to move towards the processing of our difficult emotions. So hope you get something out of the conversation. We'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome back to our show. Uh, today, uh, sitting across from me is a, a dear close friend of mine. Love you like a sister. Uh, we've done many, uh, many events together. We've done many yoga classes together. We've sweat together. We've cried together. <laughs> we've done all the things. Miss um, Kylie Geis is a uh, she's a teacher, cross cultural field instructor. Uh, she's been an international student advisor. Studied Aikido for ten years. Yoga and mindfulness meditation for about twenty five. Uh, she's certified through Creative Grief Studios to become a creative grief guide, um, as well as recently started uh, Sacred Drawings LLC. Boom! Fucking resume of awesomeness right there. <laughs> Thanks, Welcome man. to the show, girl. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I've, you know, we've been, we've been uh, tap dancing around this conversation for a, fu- a few months now, uh, trying to get schedules lined up and, and, you know, all this kids things and all this stuff. And uh, man, I'm so excited to actually have you sitting across from me with a microphone in front of you to record mm-hmm. some of this. Like, I just, I love our conversation so much. Me too. Thank stuff. you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how we started our dialogue, just after yoga class, just chit-chatting away, and mm-hmm. something always good comes out of it. So, Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I can't I can't stress that enough. Those post-yoga conversations, just in general, <laughs> with whoever, are so good because most of us have just really left it on the mat and are pretty cracked open to just talk about whatever. Whatever comes up, whatever mm-hmm. the, di- the conversation dictates, um, a lot of us... Uh, you know, when we practice in the evenings, we have a little bit more time because let's say we have a family, other family members taking care of said family. You know, we have our break from whatever day that we've had work, you know, family, all that stuff. And so sometimes we, we tend to give, our, give ourselves a little bit more leniency after those classes to sit there, be with our thoughts and then have those cool conversations that happen. And, uh, yeah, so between you, Monica, you know, Michelle Gorman, I mean, all these beautiful people that we would just sit after bliss and just have these cool conversations about life. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, That's why part of why I love doing yoga 
because it gets all the stickiness, all the toxins out, mm -hmm. and then the creativity flows once again. Hell yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Um, so we've uh, we've known each other for a couple of years, and we met through yoga. We met through Bliss, mm -hmm. and uh, and I mentioned that we've uh, you know I've been lucky enough to attend a few events at your place uh, as a guest, as a vendor, and as a practitioner. And uh, have actually met a few guests from your uh, events that I've had on the podcast, like Don Little Torres. Yeah, freaking amazing woman. Like amazing. I, was, I remember, I was sitting there with Monica <laughs> at the end of uh, uh, end of the vendor line, uh, selling our goods, and Don had started up the. Uh, I think she was doing a women's circle, mm -hmm. women's group. Yeah, it was a ritual, a right of the ritual of the womb, ritual originally the womb. called so yeah. women's ceremony and circle. Yeah, so beautiful. So uh, just yeah. a, a, an amazing group of women out there on their own healing journey. And, you know, we're, we're pretty far away. So, I'm, you know, just observing by proxy and feeling the energies. But as soon as Don uh, started that sound bath, and uh, and I'm a sound practitioner, so I love sound. As soon as I hear sound, I'm like, ooh, what's that? And then she started that gong work. And I was at least, what, probably 100 yards away, 60 yards away from her. Mm -hmm. And that gong was just traveling through my body. And I'm like, I've got to talk to this woman. <laughs> I've got to get yes. in front of this woman and talk with her. So I love Don. Thank yeah. you for introducing her to me. That was, that was beautiful. The the universe brings it all together. <laughs> it always does. It always does. Yes. Uh, so, you know, one of the, the, the reasons I wanted to have you on is that you've been very open about your, um, the grief that you've had in life and the, the way that you've allowed this grief to, um, to help you with your life and not just like encompass your life in this negative way that a lot of people that have grief in their lives kind of let them do, right? Mm -hmm. Grief's a hard thing. Grief's a really hard thing to manage. Um, one of the, the quotes that I love, and I think I've shared this on this podcast before, is that, um, you know, there, is, there are as many ways to grieve as there are people in this world because yes. it's very unique to the individual. It's very I mean, personal. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be said about a lot of emotions, but grief is one of those ones that can cripple us mm -hmm. and, uh, and really take a hold. So um, if you are open to kind of starting off, maybe starting to share your story about the, the path that grief has led you in or led you to grief and then your path through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'll start with my son then. Yeah. Because really, I mean... I don't think I've been faced with like a really deep grief. I mean, we all experience grief. We have different psychological deaths, emotional deaths. Everything is about the life cycle. Right. Um, from, you know, the, the biological to the inner and it moves to the outer. Um, but I really had nothing that has... I want to say inspired, actually, because that's where I'm at right now. Right, yeah. But it, I, I mean, it's devastation, right? It's total, like, like a part of me died mm -hmm. the day my son died. Right. You know, and I part of me died with him. Mm -hmm. But anyway, this journey started like five years ago in August. So I just took my son to a normal swim lesson. Mm -hmm. And I had my other baby on my back. And... um. You know, it wasn't the pool, it wasn't the water, it wasn't any of the things. It was like the 20 seconds afterwards where he was on my leg and then he wasn't. Mm. And he went over to a table and he was playing around with another little boy. And this table wasn't attached to the wall. Right. So he jumped on that table and the table came down on him. Mm. And I mean, now I'm okay to talk about right, it. Yeah, it's yeah. good for me to talk about it and it keeps changing its own position when I do. Right. Consistently. Right. Yes. 
I think that's an important message too, is like no matter how much you've quote unquote, like conquered your grief or accepted Mm -hmm. your grief or moved with your grief, grief still sucks and it can still hit you. You know, it can still be that wave of emotion, even as, um, as adjusted as you are to it. Oh yeah. I definitely, uh, being that it's a personal experience, I think I'll speak from my own perspective, Mm. but I definitely don't think it's some grief isn't something you always get over or or you get through. Um, you just kind of change your orientation and reaction Mm. and, um, purpose with it. Yeah. And that's what's happened for me. So, uh, the death of my son is, it just cracked my whole life closed yet open okay it's like it cracked my heart open um and well it's like where to start with that right yeah Yeah, because i think you uh the first year is an extremely difficult year at least so is for me but people also call it like a magical year Mm. um others too that have written about this but it's you're very close to the veil yeah and um you know, half of you is here on earth per se with your feet on the ground and the others in the sky yeah. searching for your loved one, speaking to your loved one, listening, uh, also being supported and guided by forces, you know, that, that you can't really comprehend or put into words. Right. And so, yeah, I feel that ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. So kind of going through the dark night of my soul, really. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, you know, you, you kind of have to enter into that part too. And that, mm-hmm. that's, I think maybe that's part of the acceptance of it, the acceptance of the, the action that happened. So I think, you know, when my, when my father passed, my dad passed away 12 years ago and, uh, you know, I had my bouts of grief with it, you know, definitely had my bouts, but my mom, you know, definitely took it a little bit harder to, to, to her husband. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's my dad, obviously. You know, I love my dad and my mom and dad were together. And my dad was a very loving man. But it definitely hit my mom a lot harder. And um, and there was that denial for a long time of like, no, he's not gone. You know, no, he's not. He's going to be home, you mm-hmm. know. But once you do accept that, 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 that darkness really does kind of hit in there. But it's part of the process. Yeah. You have to accept the fact that that person's gone for the, 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 the repair and the recovery to start happening. Yeah. I mean, they talk about, I think, trying to remember the name. I think her name was Elizabeth Keebler-Ross. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I have to, <laughs> but Elizabeth, she was the first person, I think, around like 1969 or in that time frame to label like, oh, stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And... But she was doing a big study with uh, dying patients. And so the perspective of that was her observing dying patients and um, kind of phases that came up in a person's being in facing their own death. Wow. So that's where that kind of model <clears throat> began. But I think since it has expanded, but it's like a whole area of study that will only continue, I think, yeah. to expand. And, um, like a, a student of hers named David Kessler, okay. he's also very well known in the grief world, mm-hmm. um, offers, um, has his own offerings and he kind of put in this sixth stage of grief called meaning, um, you know, the denial, the anger and depression and all these things. I really registered with number what he added to it as right. her student like making meaning of it. 
Because yeah. um, it doesn't mean the others don't exist. Like denial, I mean, it's kind of like a blind spot. You don't know it's there until yeah. you until you do. Um, and you're not sitting there like identifying which fucking phase you're in. You know? You're right. Excuse me. <laughs> Check <laughs> number think, three. Right, got it. Excuse me. <laughs> we starting to throw the f bombs. Ah, you're fine. That we're, happens we're all with in. you. We're all, yeah, you know, I bring that out of people. You know. <laughs> well, I just think it's kind of you know the free spirit in me is like okay what like I, i'm walking through st- what stages like right. i don't know this just feels wild and crazy <laughs> right. i'm dying you know like <laughs> uh-huh. and uh i think yeah it's a wild process and yeah. um um oh the wild edge of sorrow great book um mm. why am i i'm blanking on his name it'll come back to me but Everyone should read that book. Wild Edge of yeah. Sorrow. We'll put yeah. the link in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. All right. It kind of recognizes the wildness of grief. Mm. And um, it's not a contained entity, you know? It's like, and when it, it comes up anytime it wants to, yeah. it, it's, um, yes, especially around dates or certain times a year or situations mm-hmm. if you get triggered. But there's no, like, control over that. Right. So I think I feel like that's where the acceptance comes in. Like, yes, the bigger moment of mm-hmm. when your life changed or the death itself, but also continual working with it and surrendering to what's rising and needed in what needs to be felt or paid attention to. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, I feel that with that statement, it, it's similar to energy work where it, it's not what you want. It's, it's going to give you what you need. And similar to grief or emotions in general, like when those emotions come up, they're coming up for a reason. So to push them down and to not experience them is only going to make them worse. So finding the reason why that grief is there at that moment and embracing it and accepting it and breathing through it or however you need to move through that moment. But, you know, one of my favorite lines in the Tao is, uh, you know, deal with the difficult while it's still easy. A lot easier said than done because when bad shit happens, all we we don't really want to face it. We want to run from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more that we run and the longer it takes for us to deal with it, the harder that dealing with becomes because now it's seeded into us. Now it's so, you know, yeah. as hard as it is. And, you know, obviously you got to let things happen. You can't force grief to go away. You know, you can't be like, I've accepted it. Why are you still sad? You right, know, there's yeah. still, okay, there, there's still a reason you're sad. You still need to be sad, mm-hmm. right? Not live in sadness, but embrace the sadness when it's there. Yeah. And I think like, um, grief, depending on the trauma for people or what happens, like it has a propensity to take you down a journey of your whole life, not just that moment. Yeah. So it's kind of a grief spiral, like from the time you're born to the, to the now. Right. And, um, for me, it was like, I don't know if it was like an existential crisis. I don't want to call it a crisis. It didn't, in a way it was, but it only deepened my questioning about existence. Mm. And so there's that, and that's a beautiful, a beautiful path. That's really beautiful. And that's been something that has led me to more of a post-traumatic growth experience. Mm. And I think that's, you know, now I'm in a place where I can look back and say, oh, I really do believe that these kinds of experiences are offered in our life to, for learning. I agree. And teaching us something. Yeah. And and I also know that space where you're like F bombing it and like raising your fist to that and F that and mm-hmm. like what? You know, like no way. This yeah, that's like a different place. Yeah, definitely. And it's just as val- <clears throat> valid. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, the, the fuck it's yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, the questioning why's why me's like, yeah. you know, again, we don't want to live in those places, but you know, we gotta, gotta experience that. You mm. ask the question a lot of times, like, so when, when working with clients, uh, with energy work, people are like, well, I want to talk to my guys, but my guys won't talk to me. Cool. Have you actually talked to your guides? Oh, Have you reached out and yeah. said, Hey guides, how's it going? My name's Adam. It's nice to meet you. Uh-huh. How can I communicate with you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with that grief, you know, with any emotions, right? You got to get those questions out. Why me? Why the fuck me? What did I do? Right now? That's a, that's a very generic question. And you know, I think good place to start though. Good place to start. <laughs> good place to start. You yeah. know, uh, you know, a lot of us don't feel that we are that important right? To, to have something good or bad happen to them, right? And so when you ask that question, why me? Maybe you might realize how important you actually are and how important you are in this system of world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say, why me? Then you actually turn that spotlight and to say like, I, why was I that important to be focused on for that amount of time? What is it that I have to learn that I'm not learning, right? And those are all the questions that you can find if you ask the questions. But if you just accept the grief and you accept the, the negativity around whatever emotion that it is, then you'll never fully embrace the reason that emotion's there. But it's still hard to ask the questions. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, all you gotta do is just say why, you know, or, you know, find the answer. It might take you years to find that answer. Yeah. You know, but ask the yeah. questions and start to try to find the answer, not just living in the grief or living in the, the, the uh, troublesome emotion, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, I think a good question is why not me, mm. you know? Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, I no, def- I don't think I've heard it phrased that way, but I love that. Yeah, why not? You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's taken me a lot of work to get to that, mm. but I feel I resonate with that more. But I, when I was in that place of why, it's almost like a, a puzzle that torments you, mm. right? So you're trying to figure out. Like, here's, here's a thought my husband and I talked about. It was just kind of blew my sockets. I was like, geez, okay, so what if, what if I, when I lived in Boston back in 1999 or 2000, what if on uh, August 23rd, I forgot, and in that year, I forgot my keys instead of not forgetting my keys what kind of trajectory would have happened hmm. in my life? Would my son still have died? Interesting. You know, so yeah. kind of like each moment building upon one another up until something. Right. And yeah. so I was always trying to put together this like huh. just deep, almost like deep thoughts. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh. So if I didn't live in Boston or, you know, but uh-huh. it's, it's really not a, a, a helpful rabbit hole, right. if you yeah. will. And so I found myself personally, like in a lot of good rabbit holes to visit, but not ultimately the one that was going to help me heal myself. Mm, yeah. So with that, you know, what was your, um, after this you know tragic incident with, with Oliver, what was the, the healing journey that you found? Do you, do you remember like kind of, not necessarily steps, like step one, step two, but right. you know, like what were some of the, the, the processes that you found either helpful or not helpful? Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, wow. That's a big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's cause there, there feels like there's a lot. Well, one, um, I think seeking support mm, for okay. sure. Um, I had, I, I still have amazing, uh, an amazing tribe of people that, that support, support me and my family, Yeah. you know, like very tuned into the, t- the, the tenderness and the love and the sensitivity around 
times a year and but people that really show showed up mm. in, in a lot of different ways so love my community yeah um and, and some people don't as well because they're not capable so then there's that yeah. you know which i can't blame them for that part i guess yeah. you know i wish yeah. it was different with some some things but yeah. well i mean vulnerability um, is part of that and if you're yeah. broken open and you're not used to being vulnerable then yeah. adding that emotion on top of your grief is probably a big road for a lot of people to travel yeah well people don't know what to do and that's gets back to the cultural piece there's yeah. kind of um a lack of structure in a way set up for like even knowing kind of steps right. to take to support people um, which will be on my resource page mm -hmm. when I get that together. There you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think um, finding supportive healing practitioners like that resonated with uh, my path and what was helping even guide myself because that's how I see practitioners. Like um, they're not healing you, you know, they're helping guide you to yes. a place of within yourself definitely and so finding somebody that that works with is such a beautiful thing in life yes. you know it can change your whole your whole way yes I and agree. and so i was just blessed with like the the clairvoyant person and then the 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 shaman and then you know just these beautiful people showed up in my life and like spiritual response therapy mm. um which is a lot about um making making af uh, making statements right and so you're you're walking a wheel of making statements and recognition and then releasing that back to spirit mm. and that is just an incredible process as well and then the sound healing yeah just you know i love things that where you don't have to talk yeah <laughs> and, and you can even fall asleep during it like you can yes. just be wherever you need to be like hands down Reiki and sound healing and anything with a beautiful touch or massage or things to just calm the nervous system. Mm -hmm. um, I find that to still to be helpful in my life, but especially during turbulent times yeah. and uh, facing my own death and my son's death and mm. um, altars. We were just talking about altars. Yeah. Um, definitely, I think this is a huge concept that I want to add into more workshops, but just... Um, Seeing because there was a physical death doesn't mm -hmm. mean that the relationship is over. And um, I think we have to seek certain avenues to be encouraged to mm. continue that relationship. Yeah. And that felt very natural for me uh, because I've always had some kind of altar in my house or my life or like something you're working with, right? Right, yeah. And um, so it was a way for me to communicate with my son. Mm. And when you start seeing and feeling the communication starts to come back. Right. And so that was just like, just moments of like, wow. Yeah. You're not physically here, but I feel you. Yes. It's like a whole new orientation to like life mm -hmm. and, and the acceptance of death and yeah. that none of us are getting out of here. Right. Alive. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> you know? You can, all, all the research in transhumanisms with all the merging of IT and tech and like the pills to make us live, it's not there yet. Yeah. If it does, how long, how, what's the quality of life going to be, right? Except the fact that in at least in our lifetime, we're all going to die. Maybe our kids' lifetimes, maybe their kids' lifetimes, they might have figured it out to live longer or to whatever age. But in our lifetimes, 
we're going to die, right? We're yeah. not going to see that. So accept it. Like find that way to accept it. Find mm-hmm. your peace with it. You know, it's not easy, you know, because we're a lot of us in the West have been told that, you know, we can we can find our ways to cheat death. You know, we keep putting the age of re- pushing the age of retirement back. You know, we keep pushing the age of, you know, like our our uh, our ability to live longer is, is being pushed back. But like, what is the quality of the life that we're 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 elongating? Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we stretch our lives to, like, say, 120 years. Right. Does that mean retirement now is going to be pushed from 62 and a half, 64 and a half to like 84 and a half? What are we going to do with those extra 20 years? Are we physically capable to hold a job and be a part of society and contribute in some kind of way? Or are now we just 50 years of degradation and and a burden, quote unquote, burden to society that we need to figure out instead of this like maybe 20 to 30 years, you know, like what kind of, uh, so yeah, yeah, I I feel you, you know, there's like, just accept right now, like we have this finite amount of time, Mm -hmm. we're going to do the best we can with it, maybe not make an impact because what ego needs to make an impact, maybe we just like find our ways to help continue humanity, maybe from a quiet spot, you know, maybe not having to shine the light on us as an individual, but as humanity in general, and Mm -hmm. just find our ways to continue the progression of humanity in some beautiful way. Yeah, like live out the life cycle. Yeah, exactly. Um, like personally, I wouldn't want to be thrown into a senior living situation and kind of forgotten about right. and, you know, questionable survival skills without others, like mm-hmm. for an additional 20 years in right. the name in the name of what, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. if you look back in tribal days, you know, we'll take the, uh, uh, the post-menopausal woman. Uh, enters the crone phase of their life, right? And that crone phase is so important to the to the tribe because you still have the maternal instincts of being that loving mother, but now you don't focus that on your own children. You have that love to pr- spread out to the whole tribe and to the yeah. whole community uh, because you've now passed that point of your wanting to just give that love to your own family. Yeah. And so that crone phase for, for a woman, postmenopausal woman, is so important for the community, for the tribe, to be continuously a part of that and to share the wisdom, the nurturing, the loving, and the mothering kind of idea that that person has. And so if we're in a, in a situation now where we just, okay, you're at age, let's say, 57, now you go to a home. Who are you going to benefit? I mean, you're, you're surrounded by people, like tons of people that are in that crone phase, but that wisdom is not being shared with anybody but within yourselves, right? And so it's, it's like mm-hmm. stifling the, the continuation of a generation of knowledge almost. Yeah. You know, in, in some kind of way. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, this might be another conversation. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's a reason for great dis-ease in our society yeah. and culture and maybe the rising anxiety and uh, focus issues and uh, doing versus being yeah and all the rest all the rest of this like uh, questionable quality of living and Mm -hmm. a healthy life (laughs) yeah yeah like what is what is the definition of a healthy life now you know my definition of a healthy life for a long time was working until I couldn't see straight. Yeah. Just to provide for my family and feel like I was doing something beneficial for them, but I was destroying myself. You know, so like, what is your definition of quality life, happy life? You know, have you sat down and defined it to, to actually know if that's what you're working towards? Yeah. And it's a yeah. catch 22 because we have to like kind of work with the system and we're, we're a part of it. And yet when we, you know, 
defy it or fight against it uh-huh. um, doesn't always work for us. Yep. Yep. It just digs <laughs> so it's like, in. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so before, uh, uh, before, so you're, you've talked a lot about your spiritual practices yeah. and you've got a lot of beautiful spiritual practices. Um, were you a spiritual person before uh, Oliver passed away or did you have spiritual practices prior to um, that incident so you could have these these tools in your toolbox to, to draw on while that grief was hitting you while you're building more tools? Um, yeah, thank you for asking that. A- absolutely. Cool. I feel completely blessed with what came my way before this, before Oliver passed. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, studying Aikido for 10 years, it's kind of, uh, I did some yoga at that time, but at that time that was like my yoga mat, you know, you take it to your mat and, um, Aikido is a Japanese martial art and it's a very soft martial art. So it's more about going with the flow and, um, taking on your opponent's energy and then guide and then guiding it in a different direction. So, oh, so redirecting the redirecting. energy. Of, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of redirecting and it's it's based on sword movements and okay. circular movements. So mm. everything is about the the sacred circle. Okay. And um uh, I think the biggest I mean I've learned lots of lessons from Aikido, um but the biggest one that has helped me along the way is the path of least resistance. Mm. So um it has helped me to see where I'm resisting it, but that can be a mental resistance, emotional, physical, all the, all the levels. Right. Right. Um, and I feel like it has helped me embrace full on like the raw, the rawness of grief. So I'm not resisting it. Yeah. And in that light, it has only like has stimulated and propelled my personal growth. Mm. And so I, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Is Aikido, yeah. um, the way you're describing it to me, because I've, I've heard the term and I, I know the, know of the term, but I'm not familiar with the practice. Is it, um, is it kind of similar-esque to Tai Chi as far as like the fluidity of the movements? It seems like a little bit different because you said sword play and things like that. But as far as like the fluidity and the, the, the working with the energies of the movements uh, rather than like an actual like sparring kind of, you know, fighting kind of technique. Um, it has, it has that softness, that flow, like Mm -hmm. where you're kind of, you know, seeing the Tai Chi with your hands and and very gentle with the energy, but it also has a, um, there's, there's throwing involved. Mm, So we throw each other and do rolls and land on the mat and slap the mat. And, um, and like you you could, could you kill somebody with an Akita move? Yes. But Mm. are you trained to do that? No. You're, You're kind of like basic movement you step out of the way and the person's gonna go flying the other way you know what i mean so it's like or like the the founder he was so present and i mean his energy was out to here you know so when people came he barely even touched them would throw them with his (laughs) his finger and and he was a master he was a soldier in the japanese army but he was also a jiu-jitsu uh master as well Mm. so he had there was a with the sword there also was um uh what do they call that just um well, sword techniques and stick, like the Joe and like mm-hmm. m- moves that, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it was a little more than the soft. Right. There's also the, the, the sharper side, we'll call it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I guess that would add to the balance of the, the practice, the, the yin yang kind mm-hmm. of where you have the softness, but you also have the activeness of it. 
Yeah. And it, it sounds like uh, <clears throat> it's uh, embracing the concept of Wu Wei also, you know, where you get the maximum result with the least amount of effort, you know, because you're using their energy to redirect their move. So mm-hmm. you're, if you're using and utilizing, you can see where their energy is moving and work within that energy to like deflect or something, then uh-huh. you're not using all of your energy because you're countering their energy within their energies kind mm-hmm. of ideas. Yeah, there's a lot of centering too. So I always felt that from that from that practice, like moving from your center is mm. very different than when your limbs are just out here flying Flailing away, right? away, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like your emotions too. So like I feel like it helped me be strong. Mm. It helps me be strong in tough times because you just sit in your pocket in the center, mm. and sometimes there's nothing to do. You know, it's the hardest thing is to pause and just watch. And um, so then there's that element, too, with the meditation and the mindfulness of actually you're moving further into yourself, but you're you're moving a little further away from yourself at the same time. So you can see your thoughts and your stories Mm -hmm. and all the things going on that you think make you exist. And that practice, I, I, I bow, you know, wow. it's like, I only want to know more because, um, it does, I don't think it changes the humanness of pain or grief or something you're going through, but somehow it helps you build endurance at the same time. So you can be more resilient right, right. and move and keep it moving. Mm. And so in my own evolving practice with grief guiding, I think that's a a big point that I'm um, learning with and trying to create activities around like expressive art therapy in a way, not just that, but it could be movement, um, lots, just being creative with how, uh, how do you keep your grief moving? And that can be super personal. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the idea of, of, you know, working with grief by getting inside your body some way, you know, in, in depression, anxiety, those, those what seemingly negative emotions that we have. Um, you know, one of the things that I've found success with is, is finding some kind of, it doesn't always have to be physical practice, but some kind of practice to get back into your body. And mm-hmm. yoga is that practice for me for the physical side, but meditation is that practice for me for the non-physical side. And you know, with, with meditation, it took me a long time to get to the point of where I could utilize <clears throat> the, the stillness that I found in meditation to help me manage my emotions. But, um, you know, in, and I don't want to use the word pragmatic is in the sense of where I don't feel the emotions, but there, there's a, like a stoicism and a, like a pragmatism that I've found now that, uh, where I, where I'm able to feel the emotions and experience them, but not let them take me over mm-hmm. at least, at least, um, I, it's been a while since that's happened. I'm not saying it won't happen again because there's still a lot of life to live, right? And I'm yeah. not just going to hang my hat on the fact that I've conquered my emotions. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, but, you know, but I, I do have that, uh, you know, luckily and, and thankfully with the practice that I found with meditation and yoga that I found that that idea of sitting with and trying to find the reasoning for the the thing that has happened, you know, and through that meditation and yoga and the breath work and body work that I do, I'm able to now for the most part, find those reasons and, and, and start to search for the acceptance in those reasons instead of just what was me, why me, you know, which are all stages we go through until we find the thing that works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just sitting and waiting sometimes or, uh, 
I mean, does it all start in the mind? Right. You know, like yeah. you, the other day you posted something. I loved it. Like I love your Dow posts lately. Mm, yeah. Um, it was like you are just an I. You exist because you're an idea. Yeah. You know. Six is an like, idea in your head. You know? Yeah. Doesn't that make you just feel so small? Yep. You're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I'm living this whole life. And yeah. And uh-huh. so it's kind of like a, what is this all about? Yeah. You know, like, wow. Um, I, uh, I read a book a while back. Uh, this guy, uh, spacing on his name right now, but it's called uh, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was a beautiful book, and a lot of it dealt with, um, you know, the story that we tell ourselves, and that story that we're not enough, we're not worthy, we're an imposter. Uh, like I shared downstairs, I'm afraid someday one somebody's going to realize there's a, a two-year-old child driving this adult meat suit, you know, <laughs> like, uh, just like, we just have these these stories we tell ourselves. And a lot of that is, you know, a, a lot of the, the depth of those stories we don't even realize because we've been telling ourselves for so long. Then the one of the focuses of this book is finding the ways to change the story. So like when I recognize them in a story of whatever that I realize is not true, whether it's an emotion that I feel, uh, you know, an experience that I've had, you know, the practice that he recommends is, you know, breathe in and tell yourself, I love myself. And when you exhale, tell yourself, thank you. Mm. And if you can look yourself in the eyes in a mirror and do that practice, it has an even deeper hold. And, um, and so for me, that practice has been very beneficial for pulling myself out of those moments, those moments of the woe is me, the why me, the, I don't understand the, you know, those, those, um, self, you know, self, you know, self doubting moments, you know, um, that practice has been really helpful to me, you know? So again, it's, it's getting back inside of you and, yeah. and, and, and seeing that you're telling yourself a story, you're living a lie. You're, you're yeah. inside of this thing that doesn't do you any good, but you still keep repeating it to yourself. So it literally like that visual for me is while I'm saying, I love myself. Thank you. I'm literally taking the record needle from whatever bullshit track it's yeah. playing and I'm taking it to the next track and putting it down and saying, Oh, Adam's nice. I love myself. This is great you're a benefit of humanity. You're doing something positive with your life. You have beautiful family. You have beautiful friends, like all this new stuff that we know is true. Yeah. And it's not, it's not fake impostering if you don't quite feel it yet either. Uh, One of my teachers always said, well, you have to fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't understand that for a long while. I thought, what's that mean? But now I realize just in um, the practice that you're talking about is you're trying it out. You're being curious. You're interested in changing the channel. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in doing that, eventually you see, oh, oh, I just made a choice. Like I just changed it. Yes. And, and then you know it's not. You're not. You're not faking. It. You're just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah. And like the power of making a choice, and even the recognition that you have one. Mm-hmm is is really poignant i think yeah to that whole that whole trip mm-hmm. yes exactly <laughs> and you know and in, in, in the the telling yourself something and not believing it at first is, is is very important i think to note because a lot of us don't believe it and it might take you a long time to believe it mm-hmm. but subconsciously what i found for myself was that subconsciously i wasn't believing it but that caused my subconscious to ask why why don't yeah. you love yourself? Why don't you believe that you're worthy? Why don't you believe that you're that you're a benefit to your family? Why don't you believe that you are a householder and that your spouse loves you? Why mm-hmm. don't you know? And and through that, you know, subconscious, it eventually brought those questions to the conscious mind, and it was like, well, no, I know my kids love me. I'm I'm a 
I'm a, I think I'm a good father and I get, you know, I get that, that energy put back to me as far as like hugs and love and, you know, like, you know, affection and all this shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, uh, you know, I get positive feedback from the yoga classes that I teach. So this story in my head that I'm a shitty yoga teacher, put that aside, listen to the, the feedback that's coming in from external, not internal, you know? And so you start to get that opportunity to, to listen to the external, uh, influences that are coming in and then that starts to change that internal story, yeah. you know, but it's, it's, it's recognizing the fact that you're first telling yourself a shitty story and embracing the fact that you might not believe the new story you're telling yourself for a while, because how long have you been telling yourself this other shitty story? Yeah. The neural right? pathway needs a little, a little <coughs> time, time to shift. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, a, it's yeah. important to, to repeat that. I yeah. love myself. I love myself. I love myself love because myself. you do love yourself. Yeah. It's down I'm, deep. Yeah. You know? I'm healing myself. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about tools and mm -hmm. I think another tool with all this choice and like states of being that come up, cause we all, we all shift on a dime, right? That's a part of that impermanence. Right. It's like, oh, all of a sudden everything's great. And then it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And I think I'm not alone in this, but many people just have lots of journals. Mm. You know, you, you write it out. Yes. And uh, it's a very effective tool just to um, get the emotions out. Like sometimes it just needs a, a, a channel. Mm -hmm. And the paper and pen, the sword is, is, great, is great. And yeah. I would write um, letters to my son. Mm. You know, because when the words came, yeah. you know, or I would write to death, write a letter to death. Mm. I'd write a letter to life. I'd write a letter to the universe yeah. you know, and burn it. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> next week I'm going to feel different. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole other trip on that. Yep. And uh, I think it's just like going with that and riding that out that keeps the keeps the movement and not getting getting caught in the pocket of trying to define it all right or figure because the minute you kind of figure out where you're at you're already on to the next thing <laughs> and oh, i do yeah. believe like earlier you were talking about you know asking for uh, asking your guides yeah. and help and um it's a relationship with that as well um another tool mm -hmm. that has just i mean I could say I felt completely hopeless after Oliver's passage. Yeah. Completely, just like, oh man, this is really what hopeless feels like, or despair, or like, oh, I can't move, yeah. you know, all types of different states. Maybe you're throwing up, or, or it's in your organ somewhere, in mm -hmm. an organ, and it just hurts, you know, all just so many things, or endless crying. I mean, there could be, you yeah. know, depending. Um, but where, where was I going with that? I got all into that, <laughs> all into that channel. Um, yeah, but coming out of that and realizing that if you ask for help and you invite that, it, I almost think, like, I believe that it always shows up. Yeah. That your guides are there to help. And maybe you don't hear it, smell it, feel it, or anything, but in my own experience, I mean, such a personal journey, it has never failed. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, res it has helped restore my hope in being human mm. and also acting human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, I mean, they say, you know, people do all the angel studies and the guides and that's not really my area, but I definitely feel more in tune with ones that help me. Yes. And, you know, 
I mean, I guess I'll go as far to tell a story. Mm, you know, please. I have have had a lot of really incredible moments happen where uh, those forces have made themselves known during this healing process. Mm. And I remember being in Oliver's room. I slept in his room for like a month or two after he passed, right. and it was a way of being closer. And But wow, I did not realize how many other beings or forces were hanging out with me. Wow. And um, I went to sleep and I thought, I don't think I can carry this heavy, painful feeling on my shoulders any longer. Like I reached my threshold. Mm. I love that word. Yeah. You know, everyone has their thresholds. And so I went to sleep and I just was just like praying, like, please help me. Yeah. I can't believe this happened to me, you know, or what, or I just, please help this pain go away or take this pain away. Please, please, please. I woke up the next morning in this kind of lucid dream state. Mm. It was, I don't know what else to call it. It was like I was awake, but I wasn't. Yeah. But I was watching and feeling, but I wasn't really like awake in my physical environment. Okay. <laughs> um, and I felt it was like the heaviness, the extreme pain on my shoulders was like sucked out of my body mm. like it was being taken away yeah and wow. it felt so good it was like the biggest relief i've ever felt yeah. that i can relate with you know like oh oh my god wow. right and i, I woke that. up and i said om mani positivity oh yeah <laughs> I was like, oh, money put me home. Oh, money positivity. positivity. I was like, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, Whoa, I love that. Right? That's great. And that changed. That's another thing that shifted yeah. everything. And I then had an insight about mercy. Mm. And um, I'm not a, I've never really studied the Bible or the Christian paths. I somewhat know. But for me, that word always has registered with the term like God have mercy upon my soul. Mm -hmm. But that's the term, that's the insight that came to me. God wow. have mercy upon my soul. Mm -hmm. And another thing to bring you to your knees and totally surrender. Wow. And I have chills now just yeah, kind of reliving right. it a little bit. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. And everything that's come from that and mm -hmm. my son's death has just been magical. Wow. You know? Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. yeah. doesn't mean I don't go to my knees again or this or that. And so anyway. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, yeah. and I think that's, you know, that we, we have to respect those moments too. Whereas as much as we've accepted the person passing, we still, there's still moments where we want them here and we still miss oh, them. Totally. You know, like my, yeah. my, uh, I, my dad's been gone for 12 years now and, um, and I wasn't in a place when he first passed to, um, to healthily deal with his passing. Um, I wasn't, um, wasn't practicing yoga at the time. I was still heavily drinking and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, and it wasn't until, you know, finding yoga and, and, uh, and, and working through that where I finally started to, to come to grips with, you know, some of the, the, the issues that I hadn't dealt with in my life and dad passing was one of those. Um, but, um, <clears throat> I think it was about a year ago when I, when I really got into, um, my energy healing work and, and starting working with my masters and my, my guides and things. 
and 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 stopped. Uh, I finally got past the uh, the my own personal awkward feeling of speaking openly to them. Yeah, you know because that's the thing too. And I, and I talk to my clients about that now. It's like it, it's okay to feel weird about it. I mean, you're talking to like seemingly nobody, and we've been told that that's a sign of psychosis, right? When you start to talk to yourselves, or you think there's people around you talk to them, it's like you get put in a straitjacket and you go to a padded room the rest of your life. But you if know? you have earbuds in, it's okay. Yeah, right? totally, exactly, right? Yes, totally. There's still dichotomy. Like, you're just right? sitting in your car talking to nobody. Uh, like, yeah, wow. Picking your nose, talking to nobody. It's like, oh, they're doing normal things. Sleeping while your Tesla drives right. you down the road. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm listening to my insight timer, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, uh, I had a moment uh, about a year ago where I uh, was sitting in meditation and... Um, and I've been working with my guides for a while and trying to identify who they are and what they can, how they can help me in my, my, my journey. And, uh, and I, and I, I, I heard my higher self say, um, ask for your dad, welcome your dad and ask him to sit down. And I was like, okay, cool. All right. Hey dad, how's it going? Uh, would you like to sit with me? And I felt this like brush on my left shoulder and I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's really great. And, uh, and he sat with me for a while and, uh, and we didn't really talk. Um, it was more of the feeling I had whenever I knew he was around that just comfort fatherly kind of feeling that I never really identified with when he was alive, mm-hmm. but definitely is like palpable now that he's passed. And, um, Aww. and so it was, it was such a beautiful moment. And then, um, not, not too long after that, I started working with a medium and, uh, the medium also had some really cool, like fatherly type incidents that happened when I was chatting with her and, and, uh, it, it just, it, well, one of the things that he told the medium to tell me was that he doesn't think I'm a dumbass, uh, oh. which, you know, I, I'm a very different person when my dad passed away, you know, 12 years ago, Adam was, st- like I said, he was still like working in restaurants, still, you know, with, uh, with a different person, had a family, didn't have as many tattoos, did wasn't a spiritual man, you know, was, was very, very different. And I've, as I've stepped into this new way of thinking I've thought a lot about like my dad was a truck driver like he was a very like he was a loving human being but I just I was always questioning how he would see me now and if he would accept me you know and if he would accept who I am and and what I what I'm doing with my life and mm-hmm. uh, and one of the messages the medium told me was that he doesn't think I'm a dumbass and my dad used to call me a dumbass if I was being a dumbass right yeah. and so I'm like oh, it was just so nice to to feel like Oh, cool. He's accepting of where I'm at. And now I've gotten messages from him that say, like, thank you for doing the healing work that I was never able to do. Uh, right? Like, you're healing not only yourself, but you're healing the people that have passed before you that didn't have the time. And you're showing the example for the people to heal in, in front of you as well. You know? Yeah. And so having those moments and having those messages, it's like, man, I can't, I can't deny I'm on a, on a path that I feel is right. And, and, and it goes back to this word gnosis, this knowing, you know, gnosis with a G, knowing with a G, that you just know things that you can't explain, but you don't really fucking want to. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have to sit here and, like, explain to you what the feeling is when I talk to my dad that you can't see and don't believe is here, then why am I trying to convince you? Why am I even trying to tell you that? I it, just feel the thing. It's your, it's the truth for you yeah. and your experience. and Totally. I mean, Yeah. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. You uh, um, you uh, you made a comment uh, uh, in in the notes that I that I took earlier that uh, your yoga mat is a portal to uh, uh, another world, and that was really interesting to me. Uh, what do you do? You remember the the depth of the reasoning you put that down? Like your yoga mat is a portal. Because I can I can see yeah. the metaphor tied to it, you know. But I just wanted to kind of see where your head was at with that. Yeah, I mean, I I started doing yoga in college, like mm-hmm. I guess 
Show my age, but uh, hey, I'm officially midlife. <laughs> there you go. Wisdom uh, comes with it, girl. Yeah, I was like 1995 or something, okay. yep. and this beautiful uh, was she Polish or Czech Czech Republic? I think yeah. she's from the Czech Republic. Uh, just she was just like this tiny, tiny little ball of dynamite, right? That was so loving and compassionate. And she mm-hmm. taught this class at the college. I thought, sure, I'll take that for an extra elective. I'll go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I've always been um, into sports and activities and things. Um, but wow, was she amazing. She just like, yeah, I mean, I can't even, yeah, she was just, it just opened a whole new world of yes. what you can do with your body and how certain and your breath and how these you know positions work on work on you Mm. and then when you get get off your mat you bring it into the world and and just a simple thing of feeling more uplifted yeah you know and like your better self is like a great thing to bring into the world when you get off your mat um so that stuck with me and Mm. then through life just wherever i've lived or have traveled i've always done yoga um, and then I took a break. I lived in Maine for a while. I did yoga there, but mostly Aikido. Mm-hmm. And when we moved out here, um, after having Oliver as my, my first baby, I thought I just heard this big calling, like, go back to yoga, yeah. get on your mat, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And the whole, you know, I never felt the calling to do training or be a teacher or anything, but definitely to live my own yogi path, like of, um, learning and being curious and yeah and and healing i mean that's that's i think what i'm thinking with the portal it's almost i feel like it's this sacred space just like the altar we were talking about where it's it's you connect with yourself you're also in community um and you you're it's bringing you into the present moment you know, like sometimes here in this culture, you know, we have to put it in our schedule. Mm-hmm. We have to get there. <laughs> Even if you have to get a babysitter or whatnot. But once you get on your mat, it's like a sacred experience. Yeah. And doesn't it just feel, oh, just the first thing to just put lay down in child's pose. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. It's like walking home. That's know. awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you like slowly stretch your arms and like you find yourself in different positions that stimulate um, different feelings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I feel like it's just a portal to the present and working on what needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. And Or maybe you lay there and cry on your yoga mat. Right. I've done that. Yep, totally. <laughs> uh-huh. And the hot yoga, so that this in the past... Well, I haven't been back because of the, the pandemic. I just right. haven't felt comfortable going into the heated space again yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was all new for me. And I thought, oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of already hot internally. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like I'm a kapha type and uh-huh. I just, you know, have some pitta. But like, I just thought that's crazy. You yeah. go in there and you heat up. Like, yeah. and you get. <laughs> and you and, and you smell all the sweat everywhere, the room, the all the stuff, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but I tried it and I got really into that. And yeah. I was a regular at your class. Oh yeah, hell yeah, I love seeing you on Thursdays. Yeah, definitely. and um, anyway, I haven't been back to the hot yoga, but it's fun to try all the different types and then to sit with the feelings afterwards definitely. and then walk off your mat a different, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
different than when you came in. Yeah. And I, yeah. I never thought about the mat as a portal before. And uh, when I read that in your in your notes, I was like, oh my gosh, it is. It totally yeah. is. It's the portal to my sanity. It's the portal to my like my oneness. You know, it's the portal to my community. You know, yeah. it's like all the things. It's like this, this one six foot long, three foot wide yeah. piece of, uh, you know, foamy, rubbery kind of thing. It's like, okay, I can go anywhere with this thing. Right? You know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I have the long mat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. I got those long mats. Yeah. Yeah, you can pray on your on your mat. And, and also, like, it's wonderful to go into a class. And, yes, you're, you're being guided through a beautiful experience or, or even a hard experience mm-hmm. or wherever it takes you, but that you can also check in with yourself. I always love that aspect of it and, and say, Oh, you're, you're getting to know your own thresholds, like how long you can hold something or what something feels like. It's helping you to like, um, feel, Mm -hmm. you know, I've heard some people say, I just, I just don't think I feel. Right. So I've also felt, found it to be a portal that way too. Yeah. Like, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we numb ourselves a lot in this culture, and, uh, and and yoga was one of those things that did allow me to feel, and, and, and at first it was awkward, you know, I remember the first time I cried in a yoga class, I'm like, Aww. what is this, is this sweater crying, <laughs> good, nobody can tell because I'm sweating, it's just, it's, it's sweat, it's of... not tears. <laughs> it's dark in here, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but you know, it's, uh, it, it, it was that, those moments of, of getting inside my body, and I mentioned this earlier with meditation and body work, but literally like physical practice for depression and anxiety, like getting inside your body and finding what you can do, like how how confident you are in your body, create confidence in your body, create confidence in yourself through that body work, you know, like pushing up a lot of weight, you know, holding a yoga pose for a lot, for a bit of time, like finding what your body is capable of Mm -hmm. is very important for starting to conquer some of those depressions, some of those anxieties, some of those, those, those emotions that can really take us down is getting back into our bodies. And not only are we creating that confidence, but we're also making that chemical cocktail to get our brain back into a place, right? So when we accomplish a task, right, whether it's a physical task of crossing something off our physical list of a to-do list, or, you know, doing the yoga practice because you said you do the yoga practice, your upregulation of dopamine and serotonin is is beautiful. And that what makes your body feel good, makes your brain feel good, right? And so when you have those accomplishment moments in those depressive anxiety, grief-ridden moments life that is that start of the chemical cocktail to start building those chemicals back into your brain in a healthy level and taking the cortisol and taking all the other stuff that keeps you in that place of the fight or flight where your body just is processing the grief or the emotion that you're in and it starts to start to you know down regulate your cortisol up regulate your dopamine and your serotonin and get your body back into a a more normal state quote unquote normal state yeah right but it's but we you know it's it's like it's us showing our body that we're willing to put forth the effort also. It's not just up to the chemical cocktail of our body. We're going to physically do something to help that cocktail get, get made. Right? I'm yeah. going to add the ice. I'm going to give you the shaker tin. I'll evolve and shake the goddamn thing for you. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll make the goddamn cocktail. Yeah. Right. Just get the ingredients there. Right. I'm thirsty, you know? man. <laughs> I get an umbrella in my cocktail. Yeah, right? Double bean cocktail with an umbrella. Those special yeah. orders going yeah. around. Adam. Adam. Right. <laughs> Oh, oh man. I love it. No, it's a great yeah, it's a great description. Yeah, the the yeah, getting down to the chemical process. Like it, um how can you have some agency over that? Mm-hmm. And definitely through your your the the choices to get inside the body for sure. Yeah. That's super empowering. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So you uh I mean you've you've 
been very, um, very methodical with it seemingly from conversations about the way that you've worked your way through this very upfront with yourself and with, uh, with the process, uh, very open to others with the process, which was very helpful for me. Cause I think I was still processing my father's passing, which we've only known each other for about four years, three years, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it hasn't been a long time, but yeah. decent enough. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but through your openness of talking about Oliver and your process and even going over to your house and you showing me the, the shrine that you have for Oliver, the tree outside oh, back yeah. and, and all of that really helped me understand that I wasn't done grieving for my father and I hadn't maybe even properly grieved, you know, so there were some, some journeys that I still had to do to, to process that grieving. Um, you know, so your, your openness and your willingness just to be a human being about this process has been extremely helpful um what what is what what's the catalyst bit or not catalyst but like where have you allowed this now a beautiful moment to to help catapult you into the life that you're living now thanks adam yeah um that warms my heart that the totem pole in that space can invoke something Mm. like that in another and i've seen it invoke that in others too so there's that. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, a guy made that out of a chainsaw, by the way. Wow. The totem pole. Wow. Yeah. Chainsaw yeah. carving. I love those. Like, we were just trying to, side note, we were trying to figure out the right space for, you know, to, to honor mm-hmm. and to look at and interact with and, and, and feel him and honor his, <clears throat> his life. And anyway, I found this guy online where I thought, oh, yeah, totem pole. And, um, all the, I mean, there's an owl on top, which is like, you know, a totem for many of us and a little John Deere tractor Mm -hmm. and he painted it. Um, amazing. All, all with like, and he would go out and get the red cedar himself and then sand it down and get it to a place where he could carve all those things. So, um, definitely the, the love that guy put into that brought it to the land too yeah um yeah i was thinking the word catalyst or so i think the first time i heard the word post-traumatic growth Mm. it kind of just i like it blew some sockets in me where i mean i've been i've done lots of different types of therapies and just to really study it as well yeah and I just feel so blessed that I'm having a positive outcome. Like that we talked about community and tribe. We talked about healing practitioners and family. Um, and, and all of these things have come to my aid and my former experiences that, and teachers. And I feel all those things in hindsight as well have set me up to be somebody that's not stuck mm. And that started to feel like inspiration of how can I help? You know, I need to, I need to serve in some way, which is always a beautiful practice in healing ourselves because it's a, it's an exchange. And so that's, it just started with that, that feeling and that thought. And as time continued, like the universe has a way for things to present itself, right? Because you're making the intention, you're starting to have the experience. You're like, okay, please show me the next step. Show me the next thing. I'm open. I'm here. Please show me how to serve. And then I ran into, I mean, there are many characters I met along the way, like doing some different types of retreats. Mm -hmm. Um, 
women's retreats and uh, also like, I don't want to say grief guiding because the grief, the creative grief studio studio was more about that. But one woman, like I met another woman that uh, she has some Navajo background, but um, we have like a parallel story. So oh. she lost her son at the same age, like a different <clears throat> different trauma story. Yeah. Like it was just crazy how our worlds lined up. Right. And so studying some things with her and how to um, help yourself and others walk through a grief process. It, it then it started with that too. Mm. Like even just water rituals. Yeah. You know, to comp to to help wash it, wash okay. it away or soothe, like just like all the other soothing practices we've been talking about. Um, uh, but I think, yeah. And then the creative grief studio came and then, um, and then simultaneously on the land, I was doing like some yoga retreats, but just a couple times a summer, okay. you know, yeah. and then it was like everything building upon the next thing. Uh-huh. And then we got the tent and it was like, beautiful Oh, tent. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just so cool the way it stretches uh-huh. and, um, it can fit the situation, uh, it can be open, it can create a womb. Um, a lot of people can mm-hmm. fit underneath it. Pe- people always have a good feeling in it. And so then there was that, and this past summer, it started to move into like more sound baths than mm-hmm. yoga, yep. which just it's just, just took its natural course. Exactly, yeah. And there was more ceremony, um, and then I started adding the grief workshops, mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it just has its own ball of life, sort of, and I'm just catching up, or I don't know, I'm just yeah. following it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I feel, I, I feel like that's, that's part of that process, is when you, when you find the trust, and you feel the path, and you, you feel yeah. aligned, it's, it's, it kind of takes the pressure off of you as the human being, as to like, oh, I got to develop the idea, I got to action the idea, it's like, no, I just got to keep up with the goddamn idea. Yeah. Like, all right, cool, I'm, yeah. I'm right behind you, we're doing it. I'm you know? staying open, right? <laughs> right exactly. Like, you're, you're just, yeah. oh, help me see, I'm staying open, and, you know, the moment I thought, gosh, what a, when things get more intense, and you're more, when you're really searching, things just show up. Mm. It's, you know, part of that magic where, this creative grief studio showed up and I did that for six months last year and I'm still working on some of the paperwork, but it it was like going back to school. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like reading incredible articles, um, weekly zooms with, um, like in class with, uh, just a really eclectic group of beautiful, mostly women were in it, all women. Um, yeah, and the ladies that, that run it, like one, the original owners in South Africa and another woman's out here on um, Vashon, is okay. that it? Vashon yeah, Island? Vashon, yeah. They were all set up for this. They've been doing the Zooms and like the Ruku classes for like 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for them. So they were just running their course and it's a application process. So you go through, like I felt the integrity in this program is very strong mm. and the box is not even a box almost if you want to say is so open and that registered for me like oh oh yeah i want to work with i think my my offering can be working with people that can't really find it in the talk therapy session they need a tactile experience they need an avenue that works with their needs to release yeah 
and it's not massage therapy, but it's like just having a full toolbox of, um, I mean, I'm not a painter, but it's certainly been fun to explore painting. Yeah. And right. it's not like you're painting something, you're connecting whatever comes out is kind of a, a mystery until mm. it comes out. But it's, it's just amazing how it affects uh, the state people feel. Yeah afterward yeah painting's been um you know been very helpful for a lot of people i mean just one person off the top of my head that that was it struck me as astounding that this person is now a painter and and i by no means do i know this person i know this person because he was an ex-president of ours and i know the the uh, the reputation that this person held but george uh w bush like the more recent george w bush that was Mm -hmm. president um, you know, he was very questionable, you know, had a lot of controversy around him, you know, nine 11 happened. There was a lot of just, you know, just questionable things that this gentleman did or was held accountable for. Uh, but since he's now left the presidency, he's found painting and has found a lot of, uh, like, uh, time donation work. Like he donates his time a lot to like, you know, people in military, uh, that have had traumatic experiences have, uh, you know, just is become basically a humanitarian through the painting work that he's done where before people would like almost want to vomit when they say his name, depending on which side you're from. Right. Wow. So, you know, it's just, it's cool. Like when we start to find these peaceful practices, you know, a lot of the person that we thought we were starts Mm -hmm. to go away because you find the fluidity of life and you stop kind of fighting against it. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the expressive therapies are about creating meaning for yourself. Mm. And so then when you find an outlet to create the meaning, then you can kind of have the insight and have clarity around your situation. Wow. Yeah. And I've personally experienced that a lot. Like, um, or just say you're in a state of rage. We've all had that or anger Mm -hmm. you want to run, run away from the anger, but kind of going into it, it's like, well, I guess I'll just go break a bunch of dishes, right? you know, or uh, for me, I would just chop wood and, and burn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> welcome in those emotions. Yeah. You know? Welcome them in. Don't live yeah. in them, but welcome them. They're, they're there for yeah. a reason. They're there to tell you something. Yeah. You know, I've, I've talked about this before, but there's a, there's a Rinpoche I listened to a couple of times or a couple of years ago that was talking about anxiety and he's, you know, 65, 70 year old Rinpoche. He's been meditating his entire life. And he's talking about anxiety and how he's anxiety ridden. And I'm like, wow, a, a freaking Buddhist monk that's been meditating for 65 years is, is anxiety ridden. And he was saying that one day during his meditation, he felt anxiety come on. And instead of what he used to do was push it away and say, no, get away from me. I don't want you here. He said, anxiety, come sit with me, sit next to me and let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's find out what you're here for. And the anxiety was like, you know, whatever the message he told him. But, you know, after that anxiety left. He just delivered the message of, hey, maybe watch out for this today, and then just walked on its way because it was heard. It was it gave right. it was an opportunity to be yes. heard. That's all we want is to be heard. Yeah. You know, we just want to have our thing said. We want to be able to express our emotion, our, our thing, our reasoning, the, the yeah. thought on our mind. And half the time, we just, we're cool with that. We'll wash our hands and we'll yeah. leave, you know? Absolutely. You bring up this point when I'm thinking about trauma, like um, maybe in the future I'll speak specialize more in trauma because trauma can come up with healing grief Mm. um but it's anyway the the idea is that there's there's a the just like you're saying having a conversation with it i've heard this before from teachers that work with trauma they say um when it happens have a have help the person have a conversation with their own psyche 
So it's the same idea, like welcoming, welcoming it in and saying, I hear you, I see you, I'm going, I'm working with you. Yeah. And, but the, the crucial piece is to, to actually do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't, don't like come back to it because if it'll just keep surfacing, it won't, you know, until you really, um, I mean, not acknowledgement is one piece and then diving into the, the journey with it mm-hmm. another. And that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. It's like the idea of um, awareness and awareness transforming itself um, by being aware. Yeah. So it's just being aware of itself. It's almost like the Tao. Back to the, it's just doing its thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you're ma- but you're making the choice of like just to see it. Yeah. And definitely. and work with it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you might be rid of that total paranoia or anxiety. Yeah. Um. Or maybe maybe it sits there to continually teach the the Buddhist monk and all of us. I don't know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, if it's there, it's still teaching. You yeah. Know, like. Listen. Yeah. Like how long can you sit with it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's ooh, yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, I think that's where grit comes in, and endurance. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah but expressive therapies, hundred fifty percent. Just I love that. Um, also, lots of times people need to be busy with their hands, um, or writing, mm. um, or also like interacting with metaphors. Mm. Uh, I find that to be a really interest, interesting exercises. Interesting, yeah. Um, like at Sacred Dwelling, um, something I've been adding to the parts of the themes of the workshop is like, oh, go take a walk in the woods and ground yourself and have an intention or you're looking for these specific things, you know, related to this theme. And then just drop it and walk around mm. and um, be in nature a part of nature in nature right so and what people bring back is incredible like they bring little robin blue eggs and feathers and just symbols from nature that show up just for them Mm. in that exercise yeah and it creates a, a whole interesting dialogue wow in conversation and you can like see the the healing happening yeah just just by sharing and creating space and being witness to other people's relationship with metaphor. Yeah. Wow. I love that. (laughs) There's a, there's a book I'm reading right now called the art of impossible. It's uh, Stephen Coulter, um, talks about flow state. And, uh, one of the things he talks about just to relate it back to what you're talking about is, um, you know, we, uh, when we, when we work, right. When we're doing our work, our, our tangible work, um, like say write a book or writing an essay or, you know, creating a website, you know, doing all this like admin type stuff, right? Right. Uh, that can be creative. Uh, but you know, we, we hit those roadblocks sometimes and, and we need a reset. And one of the best resets that we've found, you can look at scientific provings of this is walking in nature. Right. And so like, so you can say that your intention had already been set because you were working on some kind of project, let's say writing, right? So I'm going to write, I'm going to write 150 words, for this half an hour, right? And so after that half an hour, I'm going to have another session, but I need a break. So my intention is to write, but I need a break from that. So I'm going to go out and walk in nature, no headphones on, you know, no, just me and nature. Maybe I have my dog with me, but through that, you get this somatic response because your body is, you know, synced up to nature. You got that circadian rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's almost like that, the time where you're in the shower and all of a sudden that idea pops in your head or right about to fall asleep. And you have this great like thing, right? 
this is that opportunity for that to happen because you're taking away, you have your intention set, your external, um, you know, uh, stimuli is gone. Mm-hmm. You're around natural sounds. Yeah. And that natural sound will start to trigger that brain to start thinking in ways that it wasn't, that it's now relaxed enough to think of, you know? And so you start to have those aha moments and those connections of those metaphoric moments like you're talking about, or that yeah. clear thought of, Oh my God, I just have my idea for my next paragraph. Yeah. This is fucking great. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of just, there's a lot that can be <laughs> benefited from walking around in nature, taking those breaks from yourself, having your intentions set. Just like that conscious conversation with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I was thinking sometimes herb helps too, you know? Totally. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, all right. Yeah. The inspiration, the creativity. Um, yeah. I was thinking of the rest and reset that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like being in nature has that, um, in Spanish, it's like cariñoso, like a, mm-hmm. like a cariño, like a cuddling effect yeah, almost like like cariñoso yeah cariñoso like massaging you and it's okay you know and um i think it's like franklin lloyd wright says you know like study nature love nature be in nature trust nature it'll never fail you mm-hmm. and i i believe that 100%. i do i do um, I've medit. Yeah. I, I I love meditating in nature now, and that's one of my favorite things. And up in the Northwest, yeah. it's great because I mean, the only thing you have to really worry about are big things, like <laughs> yeah. tigers or not tigers, <laughs> but bears and like Kingers. leopards and uh, fucking leopards. Where the hell am I at? I'm in freaking Africa. Or something. I love where you are. <laughs> Jaguars and shit, cougars and stuff, right? But like in Texas, uh, you know, I've I've traveled to Texas now. I used to I was from Texas and, and you know meditated in a I like to meditate where I go now. And uh, when I go to Texas, like, everything is sneaky and hidey and poisonous, right? There's rattlesnakes and, like, big poisonous spiders and, like, fucking just saw a guy, like, catch an alligator in his backyard down in Texas, right? Like, there's shit that can go sideways quick. But I still feel completely safe when I go outside and I meditate in in the wilderness outside in, in, like, Hawaii or in Texas or in these places where there are dangerous tropical animals and things. I feel completely safe. I'm set in my yeah. container. I feel connected. I feel like if there was, like, say, a rattlesnake that would go by me, he'd be look up and be like, hey, man, enjoy your meditation. Just don't step <laughs> on me later. And just, like, fucking just slither on off, you know? I'm, 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 in, I'm at peace with what I'm doing. They're at peace with me doing it, you know? So it's like I'm just in this container of safety. Yeah. Totally feel safe with it. Absolutely. Yeah, the animals um, start interacting, too, because there's that, that maybe a... Yeah, safety, I guess, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. uh, like, the sound bath we did this summer. Yeah. I posted that. I took a little video. Blew me away how the birds were just, just going totally crazy. going off. Yeah. Like, it was incredible. It was so, like, whoa, you yeah. know, like, doing it with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> and interacting, like, yeah. yeah. Um, Anytime we do outdoor sound baths, the animals just chirp right in. Yeah. I did one a couple weeks ago. Last weekend, actually, at a friend's house, and... Um, and I had like a chorus of frogs back there, like yeah. the traditional like riveting frogs. Like uh-huh. you could hear them saying "rivet" like in all in this chorus of beauty, and like it was just so layered, and it was awesome. <laughs> the cacophony of just like frog sounds just coming yeah. at me. That was great. That's where it's at, and I think these kinds of experiences um, help us almost. I don't mean this in a way of non-caring or not self, no self-love, um, but for forget about ourselves Hmm. you know you're just blending with life you get out of your i am somebody (laughs) you know we're so on about being somebody that it's just 
it's like it's really tough sometimes so it's nice to choose practices where you're just so into that thing like the flow i mean the what do they call that when you're in the you're in the zone yeah flow state and zone totally yeah most definitely your brain's working as optimum, you know, it's just doing all the things. It's conserving energy, but still giving, it's a Wu Wei, basically, right? Yeah. You're, you're giving the, the biggest output for the least uh, least input, mm-hmm. right? It's great. You know, you're they're running efficiently. Yes. You know? Beautiful, efficient systems. Yep, totally. Yeah, interconnected one at one uh-huh. with all. <laughs> <laughs> In a perfect but, world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you asked me about... Um, sacred dwelling a little yeah. bit in the place. So, um, I just wanted to, to say that in about two months we'll have a yurt put up uh, I'm excited about and the I'm yurt. super stoked for that. Hell yeah. It's been a really long process and, and, and that's okay. I've had a lot of good teachings of patience in that. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Surrender, you know, cause you want, so you get excited about something or having a space or just to have indoor dry space mm-hmm. in the woods. And so that community events and healing and workshops can continue to happen. Year round sound baths, yeah. year round healing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So excited for that. Yeah. So that'll be coming, but you know, I feel for contractors that are out there building things. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a supply chain holdup on many fronts because of COVID. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just been like, well, we need to wait another week. You know, it's like, ah, yeah. the rain is coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to beat the rain, damn it. Beat the rain. But uh-huh. then I watched him like put a whole roof on and pouring rain. And he was like, eh, it's another day in the office. I was like, what, dude? All right. <laughs> All right. I'm not gonna worry about that weather thing so uh-huh. much. You can get out in any kind of weather. I guess that's good perspective. You know, like yeah. I guess as you know, a healer sometimes. Like I, a couple of weeks ago, I had a guy on my table um, go into a minor seizure, right? And um, and that's uh, you know, but at the the next client after that, basically fell asleep during their session. Right, so I guess yeah. I mean, you, you, you take with what you get. We we all have our hazards in our job, right? It's it, my yeah. rain rain for him would be seizure on the table for me. You know, right. <laughs> like yeah. eh, we're just we're we're here holding space, doing what we do. You know, relativity is is good. Yep, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the? Uh, do you know what the time frame is? Will will the uh, year be up by the end of the year? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. By the end of the year. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I was hesitant to say like next month. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think like we we have it on site. We just have to finish the platform and yeah, but I have the permit. I'm mm. pretty stoked. Yeah. Nice. And that's that'll right. be a big focus for you. Just continuing sacred, sacred dwelling and, and continue with the event space. And- yeah. The vision I see is like continuing the sound baths. Um, I like to open it up because it's not a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. I feel it has a different um, feeling to it. Like other people could come and give. I have a buddy who works um, for like an outdoor nature school Mm. and he gives classes on like plant identification and mushrooms and like everything from that to like my friend's girl scout troop yeah you know like i just want it to be open and very community oriented like people will have different needs to come um and i have to balance this with my family life Mm -hmm. which is very important to uphold my agreements with my husband definitely right (laughs) and he's a hundred percent like the wizard behind the 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 curtain that you know man, man i love him yeah he's so solid and 
giving you props, honey. Yep. Bad <laughs> shout out to Ryan. He is such a, a great guy. Love you, Ryan. He's just the guy that like would give the shirt off his back, you know, and he's just, he's just good. Yeah. He's just pure and good. And, you can, I, you know, yeah. the, the, the minute I met him, he's got this soft smile yeah. that just shows you that like, he, he's a very caring and deep, deep caring human being. Like, yeah. Very, very just great yeah. interaction first off the bat. And every time I see him, just, he's always smiling. He's, he gives hugs. me a hug. Oh yeah. yeah. I love his hugs. Yeah. Great man. Yeah. So I appreciate him because it is our family home and it's like what do you want to welcome and what's my personal space and this you know um so i'm respecting that but i do see him he's more involved in like make help orchestrating things to happen he's a solution guy okay and uh so all of a sudden i'm like whoa we need a compost toilet like i'm not renting another honey bucket right yeah <laughs> <laughs> screw the honey buckets mm-hmm. and we were out there a week later building building the structure you know so oh, yeah. it's stuff like that that he he puts the grit into it and even though sometimes a dream isn't always clear yeah you can start with a vision like i was having dreams about this yurt Mm-hmm. And that's where it all, that piece started. Oh, beautiful. And which gets to the name of the whole thing, Sacred Dwelling. So him and I came up with that together because we were thinking of, it's all about dwelling spaces. It's all about creating containers to mm. to hold something sacred. And so the tent has its own dwelling. And then the the yurt will have its circular sacred dwelling. Yeah. The land has a dwelling Mm-hmm. Um, we're always working with the land and then and then all the people coming have their dwelling and and it's all just I love that yeah wow. me too Beautiful. I, I get excited about it yeah I don't think yeah. I've heard you break it down before the name that's that's amazing yeah and um, looking more into the future I would love to eventually meet one-on-one with clients mm. and and open that that avenue okay um but it'll feel better when there's like a warm closed wintry space right yeah exactly i was like well we can't come and hang outside quite yet yeah (laughs) everybody just sits in the sauna for all their sessions yeah oh (laughs) perfect which yeah which that's a whole other yeah those are the sauna like you know that'll be in people's like appointments if they want a sauna and do the bathing you know that'll be there Mm -hmm. if they want to burn stuff in the backyard there's a fire pit you know <laughs> it's one-stop shop just to go yeah, get your healing yeah totally and yeah and like we have sandbags like in a keto there's exercises where you run it run at the sandbag i don't do this a lot but i have um and yeah but there's space to be heard is the point like yeah. you can run at a sandbag and hit it as hard as you want and no one's gonna hear you right yeah. except you you right. might scare yourself yeah right yeah <laughs> oh sh- <laughs> yeah uh-huh uh-huh find that inner voice Did that just come out of me uh-huh it could be startling at first when yes. that inner voice comes out and that yes. first like shriek or scream or something it's like oh damn that was in me the whole time like, oh. yeah. yeah yeah and if that doesn't work then you you know doing the hydrotherapy with the sauna and we'll, we're gonna put in just like a little cold pool oh. You can dip down in there and in. scream underwater oh, if yes. you need to. <laughs> I 
I'm just gonna come stay at your house. For I a love weekend. it. Just Please doing do. like water therapy. I'm gonna be screaming out in the woods and stuff. Bring your table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can have the back corner, and deal. I see it. There you go. Yeah. Good lord. Love <laughs> it. So what's uh, what's uh, so you kind of talked about what's next for Sacred Dwelling? Yeah. Um, you're you're wanting to make this year round. Now you have the year coming in. Um, do you uh, do you feel that um, the offerings that you're going to continue to offer for yourself will be grief focused, or do you think you'll start to open it up for trauma? You said earlier, um, kind of expanding your offerings a little bit. Yeah, I think I think for now, just this year, it's been grief workshops. Mm-hmm. So I've done like a a bowl breaking ritual, mm-hmm. which is a, another beautiful, powerful metaphor, and did some harvest from loss during September, like with the harvest theme. Mm. Um, and then this month will be remembrance. We were talking a bit about Dia de los Muertos and some rituals. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've always felt inspiration from that whole, that whole holiday. If you want to call it like a Mexican holiday. Um, I told you I lived in Guatemala for a while, so it's definitely was, uh, just a blessing to be able to see some of those practices. And I didn't realize how they would come to my own personal aid with altars and offerings and the whole, the whole idea of uh, food mm-hmm. and um, sharing stories and, and the honor and libation. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. like, yeah, they make a delicious mole around oh, that time, yeah, which go. is, you know, has the chocolate sauce with the, yeah, everybody breaks out their best dish. And Hell yeah. Um, it's so much more than that, though, and there's probably plenty that you know gringos don't see when they're roaming around and like right. walking through the cemetery. Or, um, but there is a lot that that is visual and that you can relate with as far as like metaphors of a flower and what the flower brings up. And so anyway, I'm mm. designing a workshop around that, which is going, which is called um, remembrance, honor, and connection through living altars. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. And so that's going to come out hopefully this week. We'll yeah. see how the creative process goes. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But look for that at the end of October. And I'm just going to um, go from there. My dear friend's lending me her back patio that has heaters and beautiful curtains uh, and a kind of glamping living room. So very nice. Thanks, Mickey. Yeah. yeah shout out to Mickey. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. Right on. And, uh, and so where can people find you? Um, well, I have a website. Okay. Um, definitely work in progress. Yep. Going to revamp this winter up my game. There you go. Right on. <laughs> but that's uh, sacreddwellingllc.com. Okay. Then Facebook, I had to go the Facebook route. Um, I have a page, Sacred Dwelling LLC. Mm-hmm. And I think Instagram's pretty much the same, but there's like an underscore in there, Sacred underscore Dwelling. Yeah, totally. yeah. 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 I try to keep up with that stuff. <laughs> I know. I know. It's got, it's, 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 I, I almost want to, uh, you know, I don't care about how big I get or how much money I make, but I want to just make enough money to, to pay somebody to do my social media management. I'm just so tired of that shit. Right. <laughs> That's the only, yeah. only amenity that I want is like just to yeah. make enough money to survive and then also pay somebody to do my social media because I'm just so sick of this crap. It, yeah, it's a big deal. Like the whole marketing piece yeah. and you have to market yourself, you know, no doubt. And as like Camo always says, like shameless marketing kind of shameless a thing. Shameless marketing, yeah. You just put yourself out there. And at the same time, it's a. I'm seeing how much time it takes. It does. Yeah. It's like to do any kind of graphic design or just a small little 
uh, imagery with the right wording to put on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's like you already have well if you're like me i get lost in the details there and yeah. i'm like oh my god four hours on this silly little right. <laughs> <image>. totally <laughs> just deciding on which emoji to put after things right? you know <laughs> you're like oh fuck the emojis yeah you're like come on guys you know just yeah anyway you uh, hope people get the memo <laughs> exactly exactly my friend hannah uh who uh, who's a reiki master and, and took me through all three levels of reiki um, she, uh, I, I take something from her now where I just, I send Reiki with all the, the messages I send. I put Reiki in the emails. I put Reiki on the Facebook posts, uh, Instagram mm-hmm. posts, just so they can, they can reach the people they need to reach yeah. and that they, when they do reach them, they, they reach them wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And that again, like takes some of that pressure off of me as the person. Cause I'm almost like I'm channeling from my guides, what to say, how to say it. And then I'm letting the Reiki say it as it sends. Yeah. So no, a little less pressure on me cause I'm, you yeah. know, still trying to craft it, but it's more of just trying to hear what my guides are telling me to say. Absolutely. And you know, none of us are meant to do it alone. Right. That's the whole thing. Like, you know, that's a whole other podcast maybe with mm-hmm. <laughs> individualism versus like community. Yeah. And, and um, I really feel that a lot of the byproducts of COVID are, are really waking us up to how much we need community mm-hmm. and to be in community and yeah. that it will heal a lot of our disease with just feeling a bit isolated yeah. you know so yeah like I, whether it's grief or body pain or whatnot like it can be very isolating yep. so to feel yeah heard or um yeah anyway community i was thinking yeah. that like and you're not meant to be like a reiki master in the world alone either totally definitely. so there's a, there's a guy named Simon Sinek that I talk a lot about. He's a, a business coach, management coach, human coach. And he talks a lot about um, uh, how you go into any bookstore, you'll find volumes and shelves and, and books and books and books about self-help. But there's very little to any books about group help. Wow. Right? And yeah. we all talk about self-actualizing as like, I've just actualized myself. But who helped you actualize? Right. And the right. actualization of you does that just help you or does that help all of humanity because you've now realized the innate gifts that you have and how they, they weirdly uniquely mesh together into mm-hmm. this, this thing that only you can do. Yeah. Is that only for you? No, that's for everybody. Right. So this whole self help, self actualization, self, 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 we're doing it. Yes, we are the individuals doing it, but we're doing it for the benefit of humanity, not mm-hmm. just for ourselves. Yeah. You know, like if we want world peace, great. Where does that start? Break it down to the nation. From the nation, we go to the state. From the state, we go to the country. The country's community. Community to the city. City to the, the household. The household to the individual. Mm-hmm. It starts with that individual. You can't ask for world peace if you can't find it yourself, right? <laughs> right? So you take it to yourself, you find it yourself, and then you start to build out from there. You know, you start to let yeah. that shit grow, you know? I'm seeing, I'm seeing the butterfly wing effect, totally. you know, yeah. like the, just that little, that little effect, and then it, boom, there's a hurricane, and mm-hmm. like... Yep. You're Cross nice to the, the guy country. that just, you know, for whatever reason, this guy just kicked his dog, you know, and then he went out to the world, this angry face, you know, angry attitude. But then the grocery clerk was the nicest person that, Hey, how was your day? What's going on? Can I, blah, blah, blah. Can I help you up? Take your stuff to your car. And then like just this one act of kindness yeah. changed that person's day. And then that's just going to ripple out and ripple out and ripple out, you know? So like your seemingly, you know, innate act of kindness, kindness that just it may be natural to you and maybe not even be something that you're trying might have the biggest effect on somebody's day. 
That's smile. beautiful. Random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness make yeah. the difference. Change the world. Yeah, absolutely. Let's change the world. Let's change the world. <laughs> beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, Kylie, thank, thank you so you. much for sharing your story. I know grief is really tough to talk about, um, and I appreciate so much your vulnerability and your your wisdom, your guidance, and the path that you're willing to share because it helps us all. Thank you so much for having me, and also bringing in my son yes. and honoring his life and all the gifts that he's the gift that keeps giving. Definitely. I never, I never got <laughs> yeah. to meet him physically, but yeah. I feel like I know all for, from, yeah. from your stories and from just the feeling I get when I'm around you. Thank you. Yes. I also want to thank you for um, having this rad podcast. Oh. I am enjoying listening to it and all the diversity and all the different people and their gifts and like, it it's way better than the news. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so you're doing a good job. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you yeah. a lot. And uh, we'll get you back on. I'd love to continue our conversations yeah. and just see what else we can riff on. So right on. I we'll love you, you man. Time, love. love you too. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for spending time with Kylie and I. Uh, a lot of really good tools in this conversation of ways that you could manage your grief, manage your emotions, um, step towards your gifts. Uh, just really, uh, really love this conversation. A lot of, a lot of depth to it. So uh, if you uh, know somebody that could benefit from the conversation, please share it with your friends, with your family. Uh, if you like the podcast and you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and leave, leave some comments. Really, really helps us get the distribution out and uh, reach more people and start to build that community. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, obeisance and love to you all. We'll see you next time.